if you know him to be a healer, why don't you say thank you, Lord? If you know him to be a deliverer, why don't you just say thank you, Lord? If he's wiped tears from your eyes, if he's lifted heavy burdens, why don't you just tell the Lord thank you? If God has been a keeper and a company keeper, won't you tell the Lord thank you? Oh, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, excuse me this morning hmm not by merit of our own but because God's grace has been sufficient his love has been tender and kind his providence has been ubiquitous God's love has kept us his Power has kept us from falling. I'm in church this morning. You looking at me and I'm looking at you. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. God be praised. I'm going to move on from here, but I've got to testify this morning that being in this robe, standing in this place, live with you today 
in front of this gentle giant of a pastor whose ministry spans down from generation to generation. Pastor Haynes, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to know you, I'm grateful to love you, and I'm grateful to be in your presence today. There are not many preachers that are still breathing on earth who knew my father in the ministry, the Reverend Dr. Howard W. Creasy Sr. And I thank God that I am here and although Daddy Creasy did not fully get to see what he said, that God would make him believe in women preachers in me, I thank God that his name is still being called and his anointing still drips on this earthen vessel called Allison. I'll share with you, Salem, that this is a full circle moment for me today because while we're live in worship, I had the privilege to go back to my home church in Augusta, Georgia the historic Tabernacle Baptist Church, where when I was three years old, the Reverend C.S. Hamilton told my daddy when I was in service mimicking him that I was going to be a preacher. And so I thank God for technology. While I'm here live with you, there will be three sermons that will, be, that will air at Tabernacle today. And so I know that God has something on my horizon for the way the Lord has orchestrated today. And I give God praise. Y'all gonna help me preach in here today. To the entire leadership, membership, fellowship, fellowship, friendship, and viewership of this the Salem Missionary Baptist Church, I bring you greetings in the strong and mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I do know that we are in virtual digital space and our attention spans have absolutely shrunken in 18 months. But I promise if you pray, I'll preach. And if you pray and the Lord allows me to preach, then we'll be elevated and lifted to higher ground. Won't you hang out on this Women's Day with me? Won't you open up the Bible? Which is, it will do you no good clothes and journey with me to the Library of Liberation. Where this morning we'll make a put a pit stop in the Old Testament book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 27. And for the time that is ours, I'll halt my homiletical high heels in verses 1 through 7. Numbers, very familiar passage of scripture, chapter 27, verses 1 through 7. And for this Women's Day, it reads and records on this wise. Then the daughters of Zelophehad came forward. Zelophehad was the son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Machir, son of Manasseh, son of Joseph, a member of the Massianite clan. The names of his daughters were Mala, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah. They stood before Moses. Eleazar the priest, the leaders, and all the congregation at the entrance of the tent meeting and said, Our father died in the wilderness, but he was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah. But he died of his own sin, and he had no son. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan? Because he had no son. 
give to us a possession among our father's brothers. For Moses brought their case before the Lord. That's why you ought to open your mouth when you're in the church because you never know who will go to the Lord on your behalf. And verse 9 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, The daughters of Zelophehad are right in what they are saying. For you shall indeed let them possess an inheritance among their father's brother and pass the inheritance of their father to them. That's enough and that's a lot. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and the doers of God's word. Won't you pray with me? God, we come right now to the preaching moment. Like pastors and preachers, generations through time have come. Asking that your dunamis power be now enfleshed in your woman servant. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and let my will be lost in thine. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. For the time that is ours to tarry together, I simply want to put a dime in the preaching meter and tantalize your theological imaginations on this thought. Stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. I ask you this morning to press rewind on your mind and journey back with me to June 19th. For there on June 19th at Haywood Field in Eugene, Oregon. A 21-year-old Dallas native, Shikari Richardson, competed in the 100-meter dash for the Olympic trials. And let me early, right early, put a dime in the preaching meter. I don't care what you think about Shikari of what has happened between June 19th and today. Shikari Richardson has sound bites that are dipped in liberation, that are dipped in affirmation, and that are dipped in God, but I tell you, all of us have a Shikari Richardson experience where in one day we can be in first place. And when we allow the vices of our life to infiltrate, we can go in just like that from first place to last place. But on this particular sermon, I want to place emphasis on your remembering June 19th. Can I tell you, memory and history have agency for there on a Sunday morning just like this. Her bright orange hair danced in the wind. Her four-inch nails were perfectly manicured. Her full face was beat for the God and her black woman's swag was like no other. For if you remember in 10.64 seconds, she made her story in history as the newest, fastest woman in America. Thus, on this day, she qualified to compete on a world stage for the Tokyo Olympics. For just as easily as she flew through the finish line, Salem, as the crowd erupted in what is now an iconic image that is gray social media, front pages of the sports sections of newspaper, and has been the perpetual banter of Facebook banter. 
my imagination was captured. You might ask, and I hope that you do, Reverend, what captured your imagination? I'm glad you asked. What captured my imagination and my excitement, Reverend, is that as she pointed to the clock, she made a declarative statement to herself and to the world as she beat on her chest and said, stop playing with me. For after she made that declaration, she raced up the bleachers, found her grandmother, there's something like a grandmama's love, and collapsed in her arms. In the post-race interview, she gave declarative and definitive deference to the power of God that was at work within her. People said she's too young. God said she's just old enough. People said she's too proud. God said that's just my confidence. People said she's too flamboyant. And her response was simply, God is with me, so stop playing with me. For right here, my theological imagination was piqued and my homiletical hermeneutic stirred as I pondered on the potency of Shikari Richardson's proclamation. Stop playing with me. Everybody in here has either heard their mother or their grandmother or their father or some church mother or some usher utter those famed four words at one moment or another. Can I tell you that stop playing with me is a woman's anthem passed down from, excuse me, antiquity that still gives us agency. Stop playing with me is a statement of resistance and a righteous retort to those who say we can't, we shouldn't, or we won't. Stop playing with me, pastor, is an ecclesial ethos etched in liberation. Stop playing with me, a word drenched in womanist wisdom. Stop Playing with me is a meaningful mantra for our forward movement. Stop playing with me is an evocation for God's power to be present and at work within us. And so on this Women's Day, as we strive for a closer walk with God, stop playing with me ought to be the galvanizing gut level response that each of us make whenever existential opposition, a spiritual wickedness in high places are trying to steal our joy, limit our love, halt our progress, puncture the possibility of God's purpose and God's providence. Stop playing with me ought to be your response when people try to break apart your family, when people are trying to destroy our community, suffocate our praise, deny our access, demean our intelligence, discount our experience, and try to cause us to miscarry on God's, God's call on our life. Your response ought to be, oh, stop playing with me. Preach, A, hey, I'm trying. For like Shikari Richardson, the five sisters in our text, the daughters of Zelophehad, had a stop playing with me moment with Moses. For in our selected text this morning, we are reminded of the famed story of five unwed women whose father died 
in the wilderness, forgiven the law of the time amid patrilineal and patrilocal. In other words, if you didn't have a daddy, you couldn't eat, you couldn't drink, you couldn't be married, and you'd be cast away. Because there was no male son and because the daughters were single, the law stated that these sisters would have no land, no money, no familiar tide, and they did not have access to anything owned by their father or their uncles. Thanks be to God for God, for realizing that their fate and their future was on the line. Verse 2 says that they boldly went to Moses. Sometimes you got to go to folk on your own accord. Sometimes the faith that you know you have in God ought to cause you to square your own shoulders and open up your own mouth and make up your own mind to be an advocate for yourself. Moses' name means to pull or draw out. They said not only did they go to Moses, but they went to Eleazar the priest. Eleazar means God is my help and before the congregation. And the text says that while they stood at the door of the church, they made an argument in advocacy for themselves that changed the life of your life and my life and the generations of women that came before. Hashtag, it's always been the women. Can't you just hear them women of Salem sitting around the tent eliciting support and stating their case? Verse 3 says, they said, our father died in the wilderness. He was not on the company of those who gathered themselves against the Lord, but he died of his own sin. Sometimes you'll die not because of haters, not because of outside agitators, not because of the system, not because of the man, not because of it's your own stuff. Ooh, y'all didn't like that, but it's true. Your own stuff will cause you to die. Nevertheless, they said they deserve, they did not deserve to be left out because of the sin of their father and because his father had no son. At some point, Salem, the five sisters, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Tirza, and Milka, realized what was about to happen to them. And just because they were women, they said, we ain't going out like that. Can I give you some genealogical history that ought to make somebody say amen? Because the truth of the matter is you're sitting here not because of anything or everything you've done, but you're sitting here because you are descendants of people who remembered God and who remembered the promise that God made to them that included you before you were even here. For when I look up the genealogical record of the five daughters of Zelophehad, we find that they are great, 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 great granddaughters of Joseph. You remember Joseph? Joseph had a coat of many colors. These were fourth generation sisters like me. I'm a fourth generation Baptist preacher with dates back to 1892. These daughters were the descendants of a dreamer. What's in your history? that will trigger your memory, that will give credence to your agency. It's in the history. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. Here their faith 
with the biggest predicament of their lives and it appears that they're on their own. I know there's somebody looking at me and listening to me that all throughout the pandemic, it feels as if you are on your own. But baby, let me come as a trustee of reality to tell you even though you don't feel the presence, there's a great cloud of witnesses petitioning and praying and moving things on your behalf. There's somebody who's calling your name whose face you hadn't seen. There's somebody who has you on their mind because they're duty bound to pray for you just because it feels or it has felt as though nobody is praying for you. Text says that ain't so. So here, 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 here around the tent, this is the conversation. For I can see them in my mind's eye gathered together in my sanctified imagination. I believe it was Milka, whose name means queen said, let us get them to change the law. Oh, can I tell you, if you just press rewind, sisters all across, women all across this country are changing the law. Hashtag, it's always been the women. I'm going back to my church next week. It's all right. If I live long enough, ah, long enough to know that each of you listening to me this morning, you've been in a situation where your fate was in jeopardy because of someone else's status or someone else's short-sightedness and shortcoming. But if you are here, I beg you to listen to the five daughters of Zalafahed and they raised the question and acted on faith. They changed the law. How do you know they changed the law? I'll show you better than I can tell them. In verse exegete, Allison, I'm trying. In verse number five, they made a demand in the informal court of public opinion and said with boldness and with courage, stop playing with us and give us the possession among our father's brothers. For the text goes on to say that Moses was compelled. You never know who God will use to move on your behalf. Moses was compelled and brought their case before the Lord. And the record illumines God said the daughters were right. Ooh, you missed that. Come a little closer. God said they were right. What does God say about you? What will God have to say about your faith? What will God have to say about how you took the lemons of a global pandemic and still had a thank you? What will God say about you? Did you sit back or did you speak up on behalf of the people? 
people that are being kicked out of their homes, that are losing their jobs, that cannot afford to go to work and keep their children. What will you say about the people who want to say that they're lazy because they refuse to take $7.25 when Jeff Bezos made $209 million, which is a 200% increase and three? What do you say? What will you say? Will you stand back and say the Lord bless them or will you get out and be a blessing with what the Lord has blessed you with? What do you say when we have existential needs on earth but the rich don't pay taxes and they can explore Mars? What will God it's in the text. What will God say about you? And on this Sunday morning, I rose with a hallelujah in my spirit and I came all the way, all the way to Salem across the river and through the bend to declare to you God was on this side. And the same God back then is the same God right now. And because God was on their side and God is on our side, no matter what happens, you ought to walk in the expectation that God is going to deliver. Not only must you sing that God is a healer, not only must you sing God is a deliverer, not only must you declare in church that God has the power, but your life ought to live up. God said they were right. Oh, it's one thing to be on God's side. But I live and got a testimony to tell you it's another thing when God is on your side. Is there anybody here that knows what it means to be on the Lord's side? Is there anybody here who knows what it means for God to be on your side too? Can I tell you that women always have had to overcome the silencing of their voices and the thefts of their rights yet God has been on our side women have always had to fight for voting rights and working rights to get equity and pay yet God has been on our side women have walked through glass shards while breaking glass ceilings because God has been on our side. Women have been curators of making a way out of no way. Why? Because God has been on our side. Women have been the backbones of our churches and our families and they serve the Lord with gladness and with skill and intentionality because God has always been on our side we've always been at work with God on our side to challenge to change to channel to corral and to convict others to do what's right here you are Salem on this women's day of 2021 and I declare to you that each of you men and women boys and girls in person and virtual, you are the Imago Dei. What is the Imago Dei? You are the image 
of God. Can I tell you, because you're the image of God, God's promises are for you. God's peace is meted out for you. God's providence will make a way for you. God's love is in you. God's goodness is showered upon you. God's eyes are on you and they see you. God's hand wants to guide you. God's arms want to comfort you. And God's voice wants to speak to you. And I like the account in numbers of Zelophehad's daughters because today we must call their names because they represent us. Mala means forgiven. Noah means movement. Milka means queen. Tirzah means pleasing. And Hagla means dancing. Salem in the Hebrew. Let me show you that I work at a divinity school and I earned a divinity degree. Uh, 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 the suffix, I did, it cost a whole lot. I'm still paying for it. Jason did too. Now Jason uh, used all his tuition. Jason hung out in the library and that joker would check out 20 books for one sermon. Bless the Lord for Jason Haynes. My brother, now, uh, come on back. Uh, the suffix in Hebrew, A-H. At the end of a woman's name means of God and from God. So let me tell you the names one more again. Like Mala, we are forgiven by God. Like Noah, we ought to experience the movement of God. Like Tirzah, we are pleasing to God. Like Milka, we are queens created by God. And like Hagla, from time to time, we ought to dance before God. Dance that God is the keeper. Dance that God ain't left us yet. Dance that God still sees us. Dance that God has blessings just for you and I. And as we seek a closer walk with God, I declare God is seeking a closer walk with you. And so because we know that, why not dance over the fact that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Dance, women and men, in the power that you possess to claim what is yours. Dance in the knowledge that there is nothing you cannot demand from the people, from the priest, or from the prophet. If it's purpose for you, by God, I believe amen goes right there. Oh yeah, before I sweat my press out, let me turn toward home base. Not only do these women represent us, but here's the fascinating tidbit of the text. I like this, I like this passage because it shows us in real time the power of faith. When you're in the wilderness, you got to have faith to survive it. Oh, that ought to get an amen from everybody because even if you don't believe it, we in a wilderness. A pandemic wilderness. A Christian ethic wilderness. A bad preaching wilderness. The liminal space of not knowing what to do. Wilderness. A fake news wilderness. A misinformed wilderness. We are in a 
wilderness, in a wilderness between violence and poverty and Jim Crow 2.0 that's trying to steal our votes for an election that doesn't occur until the future. We're in a wilderness time. These women have faith in the wilderness. How do you know they had faith? I'm glad you asked. Come closer, Salem. At the time of the text, Pastor Haynes, there was no land. I'm going to come back and get you. Uh, at the time of the text, at the time of the, of the petition to Moses and Eleazar, at the time that the Lord said the girls were right, there was no land. Come closer. Uh, they are praying in the present for something that does not yet exist in the future. There was no land. Uh, the land was not tangible, but it didn't mean that their prayer wasn't viable. There was no land. Their eyes could not see what the Lord, what they're asking God for, but their faith said, it's there when I get there. Come here a little closer. In the text, there was no land. There was no clearing. There were no trees. There was no wood. There was no construction. It did not exist. I'm going to sit right there because you and I have prayers that we have not yet prayed. You and I have petitions to God that we pray in secret for stuff that we don't even think will happen. There was no land. Why? Because they were in the wilderness. Don't tell me where they were in the wilderness. Didn't tell me if it's in the beginning, in the middle, or the end. But what I can surmise is that they in the middle of that thing. And God said, when you come through, rivers and desert and ways in the wilderness, Isaiah, there'll be something for you. I'm going to stop right there until it resonates in your spirit. There was no land. But God said they were right. The manifestation of their prayers has not yet come to fruition. But they got faith to demand it in the present before they see it in the future. And I don't know who I'm talking to right now. Now ain't the time. 18 months in a pandemic to give up on God because what we know about God is that God will never leave us nor forsake us. It has been hard. It has been rough. It has been jerking and unsettling. But in the middle of the wilderness, I've come today to tell you the only certainty we know is that there is a God. There's a God who knows our name. There's, there's a God that's acquainted with our grief. There's been a God who supplied our every, our every need. There was no land, but God said they'll get a portion when they come out of the wilderness. What are you believing God for? Do you still believe God? Do you still have faith in God? Do you still pray to a God who you know not just hears you but will answer you too? 
let me help somebody and then I'm really going to be out of here. If your life is not anywhere close to what you think it ought to be, don't let the present reality blind you for what is a future possibility. Because God is on our side. Because God is still God. God has given us promises that buffer us in the wilderness. Oh, what did God promise? Well, there's 6,000 promises in the Bible that God makes to those who have faith. I don't know when God is going to show up, but what I do know, Salem, is that God has a promise. What did he promise? He promised that his grace is sufficient. What did he promise? He promised that he'll keep us from falling and present us faultless before his throne. What did he promise? All things will work together for the good of them that love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. I got on a rope today. I got the hoop. What did he promise? He promised to give us hope and the future. What did he promise? No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. What did he promise? If you're weary and heavy laden, you can come unto him and he'll give you rest. What did he promise? He said those who trust in the Lord will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. What did he promise? He said nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ. What did he promise? He said he'll give you peace that will surpass all understanding. What did he promise? He promised to supply all, all, all of my needs according to his riches in glory. And therefore, good afternoon, Salem, to everybody and everything that's trying to tamper with the promise God made. Your only response is stop playing with me. You got an inheritance to get. Stop playing with me. We've got justice to demand. Stop playing with me. We've got children to reclaim. Stop playing with me. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too saved. That God can't use you right now for what is to come. Stop playing with me. Walk by faith, Salem, and not by sight. For you and I must get everything, everything God promised. Stop playing with me. I've got dreams to realize. Stop playing with me. You got a community to stabilize. Stop playing with me. You got souls to set a charge to keep. We have and a God to glorify. 
of God are yes and amen but there is a promise the promise of the heart of God is simply this he desires that none should perish I come and offer Christ to you those who are uh, worshiping with us via YouTube I offer Christ to you the promise that's outlined in the text of Romans 10 and 9 states if thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, this is a promise that God would not renege on. You must accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You say, well, why do I need to accept him? As you heard the woman of God bring forth the word, there are some promises that were manifested in a season that had not even existed at a time. With that being stated, you don't know the day or the hour. We know our death date. Oh, no, excuse me. We know our birth date, but we don't know our death date. Now is the time. The Bible says, the day you hear the voice of the Lord, you are not to harden your heart. I offer Christ to you. He has a promise for you. And that promise is salvation. You have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Is there one? Is there one? 
He'll give you brand new life. Life more abundantly. Is there one? Those who are sitting at home or even in your cars, don't try to do life without Christ. I'll admonish you. He's in the saving business and he will give you brand new life. We give God the glory for what our ears have heard and what our hearts have felt. May we continue to seek the Lord. Know him for yourself. We offer Christ to you. You may be seated. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we just thank you for just being God all by yourself, oh Lord God. We thank you for the word that came forth through the woman of God, the vessel of honor that you use in this season and this hour on this Women's Day. A word not only for women, but for all mankind under the sound of her voice, oh Lord. So Father, we pray right now that as your word has gone forth, we know according to Isaiah 55 and 11, it would not return void. So do it, Lord God. Have thine way by your spirit. We thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, privilege, and power of prayer. Have thine way. And we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to know that you are not playing. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen again. For truly it has been good to be in the service one more time. For the word is correct that says where two or three are gathered, God will be in the midst. And Salem, I pray that something that your eyes have seen, your ears have heard, and your heart has felt will in somehow and in some way strengthen and encourage you shed light upon your path as you wake your way through time to do traffic in eternity receive now this blessing which is the benediction as you travel along the way oh see they about to get me in trouble can we give bless god for the pastor the leader the shepherd of this church Oh, bless the Lord in here. Bless the Lord in here. Bless the Lord in here. We are grateful to God for the word of God. We don't ever get so caught up in, in these special days that we forget uh, they get away from what the church does. It's one of the things that the church does. We take the dedication of babies very seriously. And we had an opportunity today to dedicate a child to the Lord. And so we have asked them to come today. <laughs> I don't want to put it off any longer. And so you bring that child here. Bring that child here. Amen. And we're going to do this dedication right now. And then we'll proceed. Also come forward. 
Amen. Give God praise for this entire thing. Just to let everyone know, this is not only a special day in the life of the Salem Church, it's a special day in my life. God has blessed me in ministry to see people not only join the family of God through salvation, but also see people come to join in sanctification. This uh, couple came during ministry at the White Oak Spring Church. And uh, not long after coming to Salem, coming back home, they, they said, Pastor, we found you. And, uh, and God has blessed us. And, and we have a child, and we want you to dedicate this child. So I'm trying my best to fight back the tears this morning because this is just beautiful. Uh, today we are dedicating Sir Caesar Joseph Lillo. Amen. Amen. Give God praise. Give God praise. I want to let everybody know and let particularly the family know that baby dedication in our tradition is not for necessarily those in the world. It's for you. It's for you, sir. It's for you, man. We get it from the scriptures when uh, Hannah brought Samuel to the temple and also when Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple and dedicated them for the life of service. And there's a command that I want to give you from the very word of God. Deuteronomy 6 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you shall diligently teach them to your children while you sit in your house, while you walk on the way, while you talk with them that you shall write them as a sign doorpost on your, on your doorpost, as a sign to your hand and as frontless between your eyes. In other words, when you have a child, all the time you are to let that child know that there is a God who is watching over us and there is a God who is watching over you. And this is our command and our entreaty to you. If you would, Pastor Haynes, get you the let, let me let you hold certificate <laughs> let us pray Lord, we want to thank you on today for the life of this beautiful child. We want to thank you for Caesar, for Joseph Lillo. We want to thank you that before the foundation of the world, you set this day in motion. That you knew him before he was even in his mother's womb. That is the very word of God. Now, Lord, we ask your blessings upon these people, this family. We ask the blessings upon our church family that we would love him, nurture him in the admonition of the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this mother, for this father, for their faithful dedication to you, Lord. 
And now, Lord, we pray this prayer, the same prayer that they prayed during uh, the Israelites prayed, said, Lord, we want to thank you that, Lord, may the Lord's face shine upon them. May he be, be gracious to you. May the Lord countenance lift up above you. and May he give you peace. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. Let this child's life be for the rising and for the falling of kingdoms. And let his life be a light that shines in the world. For this prayer we pray in the matchless and mighty name of Jesus the Christ, who is our God and who is our Savior and our forever keeper. And Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we bless you. It is Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all give God praise for Caesar Joseph Little. Amen. Give God praise. You thank you. You may be seated. God bless you. God bless you. God is good. And we thank him that he continues to do what God does. To all of you who are here, we thank you. So have you been blessed up in here today? Have you been blessed? Amen. What a blessing. Pastor Allison Henderson Brooks is a preacher par excellent. I thank God for her. I thank God that we were able to get her to come here today. I uh, appreciate her story. You, uh, I guess when, I, when you get to where I am in life, not many preachers. I'm, I'm the senior preacher now. I used to be, the older preachers used to be the ones that we looked up to, but they're all gone. I'm the one now. I'm the older preacher, but you have not been to Calvary until you got heard Howard Creasy go to Calvary. <laughs> Howard Creasy, I was 16 years old. He preached Psalm 91. I'll never forget it. I wasn't preaching, I wasn't thinking about preaching, but I just happened to be in revival that night. Howard Creasy preached Psalm 91. It's a secret, it's safe, and it's secure. I'll never forget it. And that's the kind of preaching that I grew up in. I, I'm just, it does me good to know that those preachers have left seeds. They left seeds and she has, she's got, she's got that same anointing. I just bless God for her, bless God for her ministry. To the women of Salem, God bless you. Reverend Matthews, thank you so much. Y'all give her a hand. Y'all bless God for Reverend Chandra Matthews. She, she is an organizer. She is an organizer. Excellent. We thank God for all that you do all of the time. I don't know if we'd have made it through this period of pandemic if it hadn't been. She, she, she's a computer guru. She, she keeps everything going. She knows how to make everything work. And we thank you so much for all that you do all of the time. Y'all bless the Lord. Bless the Lord for, for her. We want to just continue uh, in prayer. Uh, Sister Lovey Stevens, 
who has been hospitalized. She's out now, but let's just keep Sister Stevens in our prayers as we always do. We want to leave out this door. Uh, when we leave, we all just to keep everybody safe. Want to leave and we'll go all go out this door and we will fellowship on the outside. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Again, Sister <laughs> Reverend Brooks, I, 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 uh, I, you all saw Jason and it might have been a little confusing. Uh, our praise team, and they, they were doing what they do, what they do. They always make sure everything is sanitized up here and everything like that. And uh, I want Camille, Jason, <laughs> Jason was doing what daddy. <laughs> I told him when Reverend Henderson, uh, she she goes all over the world and everywhere, and I'm just so concerned about all the places. And I promised her, I said, now we're going to make sure you're safe. We're going to do everything. So I had given Jason specific instructions. <laughs> and one thing you all will learn about that fellow is that daddy said he's going to do it. I don't care what. <laughs> so... <laughs> I thank God for that obedience. I thank God for, for who he is and what he does. God bless you. God keep you as our prayer, our benediction. Amen. Amen. The time is right. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I tell you, it certainly does my heart good to have witnessed this dedication of baby Caesar Lilio. Did I say that, say that correct? Lilo. Amen. That is just an indication, Salem. That God is still yet at work. God is still saving. God is still covering. God is still birthing. And so we have to keep on going forward by faith and not by sight. I bless God to these parents and to this family that God will just continue to watch over you and keep you as you raise baby Caesar. And that no harm will come near his dwelling and that he will live up to the prayers of this church and to your expectations with God's help. If our hearts and minds are clear, won't you now receive this benediction? It's better the second time around. The benediction is nothing more than a blessing. It's nothing more than a present. So won't, as I outstretch my hands toward you, outstretch your hands toward me. Don't bow your head, but look me dead in my eyes and receive this gift. Simply says, May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord cause the Lord's face to be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the Lord's countenance upon each and every one of you. And may the Lord forever give you peace. Amen. God bless you. Go with God. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week.
Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.